Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. Man, it is good to be back in the studio after a week on the road. We were in Washington, D.C. last week. Anybody who watches the show and listens to the show knows that we were at the Young America's Foundation Conference. And the crew did such an amazing job putting on that conference, producing all of those speeches and building me a travel set. Um, very impressed, very grateful, but I am happy to be home. I'm happy to be back in my studio It's actually one of the parts of travel that I like the best is I get so excited to leave, to go on trips, but then I also get so excited to come home. And so it keeps life interesting. It keeps life very interesting. Over on Locals, I did so many interviews when I was in Washington, D.C. I sat down with Andrew Clavin. I sat down with rapper Zuby, which I found particularly interesting. I asked Zuby about the influence of the rap industry on the black family. And his answer was not what I was expecting. So you're going to want to check that out. I talked to Dr. Bert Folsom. I talked to former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. That was actually one of my favorite interviews because she told me concrete examples of how deep staters within the Department of Education tried to sabotage her when she was secretary of that executive agency. I talked to James Lindsay, but that you know because that was such a good interview that I released that as a full episode late last week. If you haven't watched that, I highly recommend you do so. It will actually encourage you and invigorate you to fight this fight that we're fighting right now in our country. So go over to lizwheelershow.com slash locals to see all of those interviews. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do that. Go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and click the subscribe button. Give me a five-star rating and write me a glowing review. Tell me which episode you liked the best or which episode you didn't like, unless... Unless it's the episode I did about week, if you don't like that episode, <laughs> I don't care. Um, just kidding, kind of. Um, also, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to our YouTube channel, go to Liz Wheeler Show on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. Hit that bell so you're notified every time we drop a new video for you. I would greatly appreciate that. So what I want to talk about in the show today is the Joe Manchin, Chuck Schumer spending bill. This was a bill that Senator Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat, but he's one of the waffling Democrats. He's perhaps not as radically left as the other portions of the Democratic Party, but he's still pretty left. I actually haven't been able to quite nail down what his ideology actually is because he is extremely inconsistent in in his ideology. And so he had originally, Manchin had originally nixed Biden's Build Back Better agenda, said that he it was too expensive. He didn't like many of the provisions in it. But then he makes this deal with Chuck Schumer. It was a behind the scenes, behind closed doors deal in Washington, D.C. Randomly, kind of surprised everyone, announced that he had come to this agreement with Schumer. And these are the claims that he makes about this bill. Manchin and Schumer together claim that this bill fights inflation, reduces the deficit, makes healthcare in our country more affordable, increases energy supply, and they claim it will not raise your taxes. So what I want to do in the show today is I want to go through each one of these claims and fact check it. Is this true? Is this false? What will this bill actually do? What will it not do? Perhaps something that they're claiming that it will, that it actually won't. Why are the Democrats lying about this to you? Because they are lying about it. And how exactly is this bill going to impact you? So let's dig into it. Also, 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 before we even get to any of that, I want to talk about the funniest news story that I've seen all day. This absolutely slayed me when I read this article earlier. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about Genucel. Now, I love Genucel because it works. 
People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of until now. Let me introduce you to Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, Genucel is an incredibly powerful natural serum. And with their Instant Effects product, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Who doesn't love that? That's right. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks. I love Genucel because I want to look good and sometimes I need a little help. I think you'll love it too. Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness under your eyes. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. If you go to my URL, it's genucel.com slash Liz right now, and try, you get to try it risk-free. Say goodbye to puffiness and bags today. Order right now with our special promo code. It's L-I-Z Liz to get an, an instant 10% off your order. Genucel promises the best skincare, the best results, or your money back. Go to genucel.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Liz. Genucel.com slash Liz. Okay, so before we get into the mansion bill and talking about what Manchin is claiming the bill will do and what it will actually do, essentially debunking the lies that Manchin's telling about this bill. I want to talk about something completely unrelated, completely unrelated. Um, today, when I was preparing the show, I, I was reading about this buy, this gun buyback program that has been implemented in Houston, of all places, in the great state of Texas, which is supposed to be a bastion of freedom. They literally have open carry in Texas, and yet the city of Houston implemented a buyback program, which it's just another word for government confiscation. I understand that in this case, in the city of Houston, Houston was offering to pay citizens to surrender their firearms, which is why they call it a buyback. But you can't buy back something that you never owned. You might offer to purchase these firearms from citizens, but you're not buying it back because this was never a privilege that was on loan to citizens from the government. So I hate that term. I hate that term. Generally, it is used as a euphemism for a mandatory government confiscation program where the government tries to give you a condescending pat on the head to calm you down by offering you a little money in exchange for taking your firearm away from you. In the case of Houston, it was a buyback program that was not mandatory. It was voluntary. In fact, the firearms were collected at a church, Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. And this is what Rodney Ellis, um, who was in charge of this, he's the commissioner of the city of Houston. This is what he tweeted at, at, at the close of this buyback. He said, today was a huge success that took 700 plus guns off the street. Thanks to everyone who came out. We plan to take this on tour. Look out for another buyback in a neighborhood near you. So 700 plus guns. Now, I have no idea if these people were law-abiding citizens who were willingly surrendering their right to keep and bear arms. I have no idea if these were criminals who were trying to hide incriminating evidence, because that is a thing that can happen in these programs if they're done the way Houston did it. We'll get to that in just a second. The funny part, the part that made me laugh, I'm reading this thinking how asinine it is and how sad that it's happening in Texas. <laughs> and then I see this. You can see this on your screen right now. It is a box of firearms that have been 3D printed. It's a box of what, this is what the Democrats call ghost guns, but really it's just guns that someone has, has, has created at home. There's a long history in our country of gunsmithing. That's essentially what this is, just with modern technology, a 3D printer. And <laughs> apparently, not just one person, apparently several people bought or brought boxes 
of guns that they had 3D printed at their own home and then sold them to the government for $150 a pop. So I would I would love to know exactly how much it cost them to print these guns, um, what kind of investment it took to create these and then and then get the government to pay them for it. I thought this was the most hilarious thing. The most hilarious thing. Because think about think about what this commissioner said. 700 plus guns. And now look at that box that you're looking at and the previous box. How many guns do you think were in those box together? I would guess, I would guess that there's somewhere between 50 and 100 of those 3D printed guns in these boxes. So maybe close to 15% of the firearms that were relinquished in this buyback were someone, some legend, let's just say it how it is, some legend who is um, taking advantage of a stupid, stupid government program. If that doesn't, if that doesn't make your day, then I don't know what will. The bad part of this program, aside from it showing us that these people administering the government in Houston are idiots, the dangerous part of this is when you can sell your firearm to the government in a program like this and do it anonymously, then this is also a great way for criminals to launder firearms. It's a great way for criminals who have used a gun in commission of a crime and don't want to be tied to that gun. Maybe it's a stolen gun. Maybe it has their fingerprints on it. Maybe the ballistics match um, the ballistics that were found at the scene of the crime. It allows them to hide that firearm. And Houston claimed that this was going to be anonymous. I don't know whether they'll end up trying to match these guns to crimes or whether they'll trace back the ones that do match crimes to the individual who relinquished it. I doubt it because people that are as stupid as this, politicians that are as stupid as trying to implement this kind of program don't seem like they're smart enough to figure that out. But it is it is both hilarious and dangerous program. Kudos. I would love to know who did this, by the way, too. If anyone has any idea whose idea it was to print 3D guns and sell them for $150 a pop in a gun buyback program, please send them my way because I want I would like to talk to the man or woman who came up with this idea because it absolutely cracked me up. Okay. What doesn't crack me up is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is such a weird guy. He's such a strange person and politician. Generally, when there's a politician like AOC or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer, you can get an idea of what their ideology is, what their politics are, to the extent that you can almost predict what they will do. What I mean by that is AOC is very radically left. She is a self-avowed democratic socialist, whatever that's supposed to mean. She is anti-police, anti-prison, anti-capitalism. She's basically an open Marxist. And so you can pretty easily predict what she will do when faced with any kind of any kind of political issue. The same with Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is not actually the same as AOC. Nancy Pelosi is a corrupt politician, which is different than an ideologue. A corrupt politician, Nancy Pelosi may be far to the far to the left in her ideology. She certainly votes that way and she organizes her party in that way. But the purpose of Nancy Pelosi's far leftism is to enrich herself with money and power. And so she may not be as far to the left on AOC as AOC on, say, climate change. But if she thinks that it'll help make her money, then she will quickly get on board with that. And that's that's a pretty easy way to predict many politicians, how they'll behave. And if you watch them very closely, it's not too hard to pick up that pattern. Joe Manchin is a little bit different. Joe Manchin's pattern of behavior is a little bit harder to nail down. But he said originally when he torpedoed Joe Biden's Build Back Better, when he was the vote, uh, that the Democrats needed in order to pass that. They needed to get all the Democrats on board and Manchin and Cinema actually too. But Manchin said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass Build Back Better. He claimed the reason why was because he didn't want to raise 
taxes. He said he didn't want to raise taxes and he wanted to um, address address the energy infrastructure in our country, meaning he wants to pretend to be somewhat loyal to West Virginia and to the interests of his constituents. But I want to start, before we analyze what's in this bill, I want to start by listening to Joe Manchin's specific exact words where he claims, where he makes claims about the bill that he eventually agreed to, this bill that they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Let me start with something you said back in 2010 in the debate when you were running for Senate. Here's what you said. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. So that's become the, your Republican colleague's favorite quote to roll out now that you've made this agreement with uh, Chuck Schumer that has a tax piece to it. Why'd you change your mind? John, I didn't change my, not, my mind. I've never changed at all. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost, whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing. And it's around energy mostly. It's driving these high inflation. This is going to do, take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. That's what we're doing. But we didn't raise taxes, John. Okay, so he makes two two big claims in this video. He claims that inflation is being caused by an energy supply problem, that energy is the driving source behind our economic problems, behind the high gas prices, behind the cost of food, behind the cost of, well, everything that you're purchasing right now. That's the first main claim. And the second main claim is that he's not raising taxes with this bill. So the first main claim, his premise is completely incorrect here because he said energy supply is the problem. That's, that's correct only in the sense that Joe Biden is refusing to drill on our land for gas and oil and that he has shut down the Keystone pipeline, that he won't invest in any kind of nuclear power. So energy supply, sure, is part of the problem, but it's not, it's, it's a deliberately constructed political problem, meaning Joe Biden has created this problem. So trying to spend our money on green energy initiatives, which is a nice way of saying the government spending our tax money subsidizing green energy is not going to solve our energy supply problem. Not waging a war against fossil fuels will solve our energy supply problem, which of course does play into the cost, the rising cost of gas prices and the rising cost of energy in general. That's the first thing. The second thing is Joe Manchin's claim about taxes. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about cozy earth. So let me ask you a question. How did you sleep last night? If you answered this question, well, not so great, or eh, just okay, or please don't ask. Well, my friend, you're not alone. One out of every three Americans report being sleep deprived, and the sheets on your bed could be part of the problem. That's why I like cozy earth sheets. The wrong sheets can trap body heat, leaving you boiling one minute and freezing the next. But it doesn't have to be this way. There's a solution. Cozy earth sheets. They are the softest most luxurious and best temperature regulating sheets on the planet. It's like sleeping on a cloud. I have them on my bed right now, which makes sense because they're made from bamboo, which allows Cozy Earth sheets to breathe. So you sleep at the perfect temperature all year round. Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial, which means you have up to 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you are not completely in love, just send it back for a full refund. You can now save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding, 35% if you go to my URL. It's CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You have to hurry. This offer ends soon, and you have to use my URL, CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. CozyEarth.com slash L-I-Z-3-5. Okay, so Manchin's second claim that 
we did not raise taxes in this bill is simply incorrect by any way that you look at this. It's simply, it's not just bad math. It's not just an accounting gimmick. It's an outright falsehood intended to deceive you, the American people, particularly Democratic voters, particularly working class voters who are hurt the most by the recession that we are in, the inflation that we are facing. And this is where I don't understand Mansion. I don't understand his ideology because maybe he's an idiot. Maybe he's a far leftist, but he knows that the people in his state are hurt by inflation, are hurt by a recession, are hurt by high gas prices. And he knows that he's raising taxes because all you have to do is look at the text of this bill and it says so. It's it it says that it's raising taxes itself. So let's look at this first. Won't raise taxes. See this on the screen. This is a photograph of the actual bill. It's the tax rates. Um, the percentage of your income that you pay in taxes, depending on what income bracket you are in. And under this bill, this Manchin-Schumer spending bill, this bill will raise taxes on every single person filing an income tax form who makes over $30,000 a year. Every single person making over $30,000 a year will face tax increases. In fact, look at this chart. 50% of tax increases are on people in our country who make less than $400,000 a year. Now, the reason that I'm choosing $400,000 a year as the marker is because there's another politician in office right now in the highest office in our land, occupying the Oval Office. Yes, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who claimed that he would not raise taxes on anyone making over $400,000 a year. And yet, what is he doing? If he signs this bill into law, then 50% of the tax increases in this bill will impact people making less than $400,000 a year. And even people making $30,000 a year will face a tax increase under this bill. This is the most outright absurd lie. It's shocking that they think so little of their constituency. They think so little of the American people that they believe that we won't see this and read this for ourselves and understand that they're spinning crap. It's Shocking. There's there's a nonpartisan organization called the Joint Committee on Taxation. And this is what this is what they say. They say in 2023, taxes will increase as a result of this bill by $16.7 billion on American taxpayers who are earning less than $200,000. A nearly $17 billion tax targeted solidly at low and middle income earners next year amidst stagflation. They say the $17 billion hit alone is confirmation that the Biden pledge to not raise taxes on anyone earning less than $400,000 is shattered by the latest tax and spend bill. The proposal would raise another $14.1 billion from taxpayers earning between $200,000 and $500,000. Now, according to JCT, the Joint Committee on Taxation data, 98% of all tax returns filed by those in the $200,000 to $500,000 category are filed by those earning between $200,000 and $400,000. So that means that Joe Biden might claim, oh, well, the tax increases happen in that bracket, but only to the people that earn over $400,000 because we have the $200,000s, $300,000s, and the $400,000s all in that bracket, and he only promised not to raise taxes on the $400,000 bracket. But 98% of all tax returns in that bracket, $200,000, $300,000, $400,000, are people earning between $200,000 uh, and $400,000. And he thinks we won't look. He thinks we're not going to do the math here. He thinks we just, he's going to just slide this by us. 
The audacity, the audacity of these people. So the Joint Committee on Taxation says throughout the 10-year window that this bill covers, the average tax rate for nearly every single income category would increase. Huh. Well, would you look at that? All you have to do is open up the bill to see that Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden are lying about this bill. So the other thing that they say, the other claim that the left is making about the Schumer Mansion bill is that this is going to make healthcare more affordable. So what exactly does that mean? This is this is not true, of course, but what what are they talking about specifically because that's a very general statement. Well, what they mean is that this bill extends Obamacare subsidies for some people, extends Obamacare subsidies for 3 years. Okay. But this is where the fake math catches them because paired with this, paired with this claim that they're going to make healthcare more affordable is that this bill is going to reduce inflation and decrease the deficit. And the, the way that they were even able to construct these lying talking points was through fake math, was through accounting gimmicks. And those accounting gimmicks are very evident in this healthcare aspect of this bill. So if you extend these subsidies for Obamacare users for three years, think about how much money or how much this bill, how many years this bill is supposed to raise money. It's supposed to increase taxes for 10 years. So the government is going to collect money for a period of 10 years and then spend it on those, those continued subsidies for just three years which is kind of tricky math because we actually have seen what has happened with those Obamacare subsidies. Every two or three years, they're extended because the Democrats have no intention of letting those subsidies expire. So they're pretending, the Democrats are pretending that this revenue, this, this quote unquote revenue, which is just increased taxes from you and I, that this increased revenue will cover the continuation of these Obamacare subsidies, but they're counting the revenue from 10 years and they're only using it to pay for continued subsidies for three years. So then we have to ask the question, okay, well, obviously, when they extend the subsidies again after three years, what about those seven years? Where are they going to get the money to pay for that? Well, that's where they're using this accounting gimmick. That's where the fake math comes in, because they don't want you to ask that question, because they don't want to answer that question, because they know they'll have to increase taxes, probably on the middle class, because that's what they always do. Or they will end up printing money, which increases inflation by devaluing our the value of our dollar even more. And so it's a lie. This is not going to make healthcare more affordable. Extending the Obamacare subsidies is an accounting gimmick. It will actually increase individual taxes on you, anybody who is earning $30,000 a year or more. And it doesn't fight inflation either. Let's, let's target that one. So fighting inflation, the Penn-Wharton budget model did an analysis of this bill and it, the impacts that it will have fiscally. And it says the act would very slightly increase inflation. Oh, would you look at that? It doesn't decrease inflation. It will increase inflation until 2024. So we're sitting here right now in, it's August 1st, actually, of 2022. So halfway through 2022. So the rest of this year, all of next year, 2023, and until 2024, inflation will stay this high and it will actually be increased until 2024. That's hardly the decrease that we are being promised by the left. It will increase inflation until 2024 and then Penn Wharton claims that it would decrease inflation after. But they say these point estimates are statistically indistinguishable from zero, thereby indicating low confidence that the legislation will have any impact on inflation. 
So even after inflation slightly increases this year and in 2023 and 2024, they say the amount that it will decrease after, the amount inflation will decrease after is so statistically insignificant that it has basically no impact on inflation at all. Okay. Okay, so that's a lie then. It doesn't actually fight inflation, which we didn't think that it would. We didn't think that it would at all. What about reducing the deficit? Does it actually reduce the deficit? Because that's one of the things that Joe Manchin wanted out of this bill. He wanted to reduce the deficit. No, it does not reduce the federal deficit. And for the same reason, by the way, this is what this is this is one of the areas where I just don't understand Manchin. I know I keep repeating that because I just cannot establish a pattern with Joe Manchin. He seems like a very easily influenced individual, that he caves to the peer pressure of whoever is around him making whatever argument in his ear at that moment. Um, those people are the very hardest to predict their behavior. But this accounting, this, there's another accounting gimmick, which is just another word for being shady with your money. Um, in this particular bill, the Schumer-Manchin spending bill, that was the same shady accounting that Manchin claimed that he opposed in Biden's Build Back Better. So he opposed it then, and now he's okay with it? What? What? That makes no sense. This does not reduce the federal deficit. And actually, Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania explained this very clearly. Toomey said, they claim the revenue over a 10-year window from their big tax increase and their price controls, and then the expenditure that they acknowledge that they pretend is only going to be for three years. So that's the Obamacare, the Obamacare um, subsidy. He goes, that's the Obamacare subsidies for wealthy Americans. That's an obvious political payoff. The last time they had to do this, they said it would be only for two years. It's about to expire. They can't have it expire before an election. So they're extending it, but only for three years. They have no intention of ever ending the Obamacare subsidies over a 10-year window that wipes out the purported deficit reduction. So not only will it not make healthcare more affordable in our country, it completely erases their claim that there will be any reduction in deficits. The left doesn't care about this. They don't care that they're lying. They are assuming, they're counting on the fact that we're not going to open up this bill or whip out a calculator and figure this out for ourselves, but they're underestimating us because we're tired of being hurt by the left. We're tired of what their deliberate assault on our institutions and on our country. We're tired of them using our money to fund their pet projects, which don't help us and don't increase the prosperity or the security of our country or safeguard our freedoms, but actually harm every single one of those things. Harm us and harm our freedom and harm our liberty and harm our country and harm our prosperity. All of this money, by the way, is coming from us. The money that they're going to spend is coming from us. They are increasing the corporate tax rate. We know what happens when you increase the corporate tax rate. When corporations have a higher expenditure when it comes to taxes, they pass on that increase, that, that increase, um, that overhead to the consumer. So they either raise the price of goods and services so that when we want to go purchase that, something from them, we're paying more so that our increase in money that we're giving to them, they then use to pay the increase in taxes, or they cut jobs at the corporation, or they cut hours, and they cut benefits to make sure that they can afford to do business. And the left, again, thinks that we're too stupid to figure this out. The left thinks that because it's an indirect, it's, it's a second degree connection that we won't be able to, to find it. But the truth of the matter is when a corporation or a company or even a small business passes on increased tax costs to consumers by raising the price of the goods and services, who does that hurt the most? 
Well, that hurts low and middle income Americans the most because it's low and middle income Americans who have to budget on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis to make sure that we can afford what we need. And when the price of household household goods and services increases, it hurts us. It, It changes the calculation of our budgeting. It changes how we're able to live. It changes whether we have excess income. It changes sometimes whether we're able to afford the basic necessities that we need for life. But they're pretending that it's just these these nameless, faceless, billionaire corporations, but that's not how it works. And we know from the economic history of our country that that's not how it works. It's not something that we have to try because we've already tried it. It's not something that there's an intangible abstract argument that's happening, but, but we don't, we've never tried it concretely. No, we know. We know what happens when you raise the corporate tax rate. So the other things that this bill does is push the radical leftist agenda. Now, I like Nutrafol because it is natural and it works, which is a win-win for crunchy people like me and hopefully like you. We all know that half of the people watching my show, listening to my show right now, are balding men. But there is a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. It's called Nutrafol. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. It's made of 21 potent natural ingredients that support sex drive, better sleep, and less stress too. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. You know who uses this? My friend, Dave Rubin. I was filming my show at his studio a few months back and he was around and he heard me read this ad and he said, oh, I've used this. Um, because I was losing hair from stress, and then I started this, and now look at my hair. So can't argue with that. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and you can support our show by going to Nutrafol.com. And if you enter my promo code, Liz, L-I-Z, you can save $15 on your first month's subscription. It's their best offer. It's only available to U.S. customers and for a limited time. Plus, you will get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off. That's a good deal at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. Okay. So besides not doing everything that the left is claiming that it does, this Manchin-Schumer spending bill also pushes the radical leftist ideology, their their pet projects and their agenda. What a coincidence. What a surprise. I know I'm shocked. It pushes the Democrat climate change agenda specifically. And here's how it does that. It provides tax credits if people make their homes more energy efficient. It subsidizes, and this is the worst one. This is the one I hate so much. It subsidizes the manufacturing and purchase of electric vehicles. I do not like when the government subsidizes any sort of business. If our market, our free market economy does not in and of itself provide demand from consumers for a certain product, especially when that product has become so widely known as electric vehicles are, If the government has to subsidize that, it is not a product that the American people want. And yet Biden and Schumer and Manchin are using your money and they're giving your money to somebody else to produce a product, electric cars that actually don't help the environment. They're actually terrible for the environment. The mining that goes into the cobalt and the other heavy metals that are used in the batteries of those cars. Terrible. There's child labor that goes into those mines. They are absolutely raise the ground when they, when, they, when they mine for those metals. But of course, that happens not in our country. That generally happens in Africa to African children. And so Manchin, I guess, and Schumer and Pelosi and Joe Biden don't care about that. I hate 
when the left subsidizes electric vehicles. This bill also, this is a word that uses supports. I assume this means subsidizes as well, but supports the development of solar and wind farms. Again, if the government has to subsidize something, then there's something wrong with the product. If the government has to subsidize solar and wind farms, it's because it's not a good source of energy. And it's not. It's not a good source of energy. It it might be fine if some people want to do that or some areas want to try that. But we know for a fact that solar and wind farms are not adequate to provide the energy that any one city, let alone the entire United States, needs. There would be energy rationing. There would be energy blackouts. It would be absolutely dreadful if we relied only on solar and wind farms. And yet that's what the left wants us to do because they don't want fossil fuels. They don't want nuclear energy. They just want wind and solar. Their homes, I'm sure, would be fully powered at all times. But you and I, not so much. So the tax credit for electric vehicles and hydrogen-fueled cars uh, is pretty significant. They would give $4,000 for used vehicles and $7,500 for new vehicles. I think that's pretty significant. These these tax breaks are only for individuals that make less than $75,000 if they're single or married, filing jointly $150,000. And... I don't know. That seems pretty significant. That's a lot of money to give to people to behave as as the Democrats want you to behave. But that's not the only thing. This bill doesn't just push the climate change agenda. It also pushes the uh, big government administrative states uh, looking over your shoulder, creepy type of agenda. It gives $80 billion over the course of a decade to the IRS. The IRS, which we know has targeted conservatives for being conservative, If you applied for tax-exempt status for your nonprofit and you use the word liberty or freedom or anything that might be, you know, a buzzword for patriotism and conservatism, the IRS actively targeted you under the Obama administration. And no one's been fully held accountable for this. No one. Yet, Manchin and Schumer want to give $80 billion over the next decade to the IRS that would actually increase the size of the IRS by double it. Double it. We have the IRS now. Imagine having two IRSs and then putting them together. That's what this bill does. And they want to aim this at tougher enforcement. They want to squeeze every penny out they can out of everybody. And so they're going to double the size of the IRS. They're going to create another one and then they're going to lump it together. And marry that and create a horrible beast. So Manchin's claims about this bill. Does it fight inflation? It does not. Does it reduce the deficit? It does not. Does it make healthcare more affordable? It does not. Does it increase energy supply? It does not. Does it not touch your taxes? It does not. Joe Manchin is lying on all of these accounts. It it would, at very best, not impact inflation, but probably, given how much they'd ultimately end up spending and printing, it would probably increase inflation. It does not reduce the deficit because their claim of reducing the deficit is uh, counteracted by their shady accounting trick about the Obamacare subsidies. It also doesn't make healthcare more affordable for that same reason. It won't increase energy supply. It just uses government money. (laughs) Government money, I hate myself for even saying that phrase. Government uses your money to pay manufacturers or give it away to other people to try to induce them to buy electric vehicles. And it raises your taxes. It raises corporate taxes, which is going to increase the cost of goods and services. It's going to decrease hours. It's going to cause people to lose their jobs. It also just increases your tax rate on every single tax bracket if you make $30,000 a year or more. Lie, 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 lie. Why is Joe Manchin lying? Why does he think the American people are stupid? 
Why does he want to hurt the American people? At one time, Joe Manchin claimed that he would oppose any climate change related provisions or tax increases in a bill like this. Those were two of the primary reasons he opposed Build Back Better. He was also, by the way, promised pro-energy infrastructure in a negotiation for a new bill, and it's nowhere in this bill. My guess is that Manchin is hard to nail down. It's, it's hard to detect a pattern in his behavior because he's not corrupt per se, at least comparatively. He's not an ideologue per se, but he's very malleable. He's very easily influenced. Somebody whispers something in his ear and it convinces him. And so that's what Schumer's been doing. Whoever is the one sitting next to Manchin is the opinion that Manchin parrots. This is a reconciliation bill. It's not standard legislation. A reconciliation bill, what does that mean? It means that it's supposed to only be related to appropriations. And that means it can pass the pass the Senate with a simple 50 votes. It makes it uh, filibuster proof. You don't need the filibuster proof 60 votes in order to pass this. So every single Democrat would have to vote in favor of this bill and, in order for it to pass. And we would have to get at least one Democrat on our side, on the Republican side, in order to stop this bill from passing. So if Manchin obviously supports this bill, although if you live in, if you live in Manchin State, I still encourage you to reach out to him, to write to him, try to change his mind. If he is this easily influenced that whoever is talking to him makes a difference in his opinion, you be the one to talk to him. You influence him. You tell him what you think. And you know that he's lying about these things, whether it's deliberate or whether he's just stupid. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's still going to hurt the American people. But that leaves Kirsten Cinema from Arizona as the last Democrat who has not stated publicly which way she will vote on this bill. Kirsten Cinema is the last hope for the Senate. And she understands what it means to hurt the American people. She understands that the left has lost the trust of their constituents. She understands that the left has prioritized their political agenda over the good of their voters. And she's not afraid to think independently. She's not afraid to push back against the Democrat establishment, the corrupt politicians and the ideologues. And I hope that she has the courage to see this bill for what it is, to see that it is unworkable. It won't fight inflation. It will raise your taxes. It won't reduce the deficit. It won't increase energy supply. It won't make healthcare more affordable. And it will actively harm the American people. I encourage her to tell the truth about this bill and don't let this happen to the American people. Be, be a champion for the American people. If you live in Kirsten Cinema State, write to her and encourage her to stand strong against this. Okay, over on locals, we're going to talk about a new study that proves, we knew this because this is very intuitive, but it proves medically that puberty blockers have a very detrimental physical impact on children. This is straight from the FDA, and you don't want to miss what the conclusion of this study is. Join us, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. If you use my promo code, it's access. You can watch for free for a month in your annual subscription. That's lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.